How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? CuriosityStream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, give the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com gift. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. It's that time again. Yes, you lucky people. It is the Custard TV podcast. The podcast by t- for TV fans by three TV obsessives. Your obsessives this week are myself, Luke, runner of thecustardtv.com. Hello. Matt in the north. Hello. And uh, Will Barber Taylor, the old three names is back <laughs> uh, for another appearance on the podcast. Hello. How's life been Hello. since your last appearance? You must have been mobbed in the street and uh, things. Uh, yeah, no, I was. I was. I mean, people were coming up to me and saying, mm-hmm. you know, however did you get those 18 points on the quiz? <laughs> I mean, what, what was it some sort of like fix? Was it rigged? Did you bribe Luke? I mean, yeah. it was it was just incredible, incredible yeah. reaction. Have you added any extra names to your name or is it just no, the no, three no. names? No, no, no. I'm I'm keeping with the three. <laughs> I think that's more than enough. I don't think we've had any other three name people, have we? Since no. oh, you should. You need to up the the yeah. three representation. Fact, Maybe yeah. get a four a four name on there. Yeah, from, yeah. From that's now the dream. On, any guests we book have to have at least four names. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it's just pointless from now on. Luke and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. Will uh, contributes to the site. You can read his current reviews of Gentleman Jack on the website now, thecustardtv.com. But that doesn't happen to be one of the shows we're discussing and we are in fact discussing the return of HBO's Big Little Lies the return of The Handmaid's Tale on Channel 4 and Hulu I just like saying Hulu uh, Hulu <laughs> Matt, Matt Berry's new sitcom Year of the Rabbit and um, Wild Bill from ITV which I almost forgot about so that might tell you what I thought about it wish, um, it, but, wish I could but, spoilers Matt spoilers spoilers is, spoilers <laughs> People will know now somewhat of how you feel, and that's not what we're doing. Or maybe I'm just subverting expectations, you know. (laughs) Maybe you are. At the end of the show, you've got some time to think, but we decided because you've Mm -hmm. already played the game, you can either risk the 18 points you have and try and get higher up the leaderboard, or you can stick with your 18. But please, please don't tell us now, otherwise we have nothing to look forward to at the end. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, I'll, I will think on it and I will make sure to keep it a secret until the end to keep the viewers on the edge of their seats. Yeah, I d- also, they're not viewers. I don't know whether no. you know. <laughs> yeah, listeners, yeah. I apologise. Yes. I, I, I felt like you understood how podcasting worked. Now I'm a little concerned that you've got your welcome <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> right, so uh, the question uh, that we put to social media this week was what is the best ensemble cast uh, that you can think of? What What is the best ensemble? This is, of course, in relation to the fact that 
Big Little Lies is back with Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, Shailene Woodley, Meryl Streep, Laura Dern. So, um, what did the lovely people over in social media land say? Are we, are we going to say what ours was first? It sounds like you want to, and I'm not going to stamp all over your dreams. So off <laughs> that's you not, go. That's what we normally do. I know. I was. I was just changing it up. I thought, you know, people know <laughs> well, that we yeah, always give up. Or... Expectations. <laughs> <laughs> that's all this one's about. What was yours then? Let's stick with the format point. When I first thought of this. Um, ER came to mind. The original cast of ER in the first few seasons of that. Mm-hmm. I thought they had excellent chemistry. The six yeah. actors. Um, there obviously I think I think that was one of the um, strengths of the earlier seasons um, and I think the the American office as well I would say is my other one um, I think a, a few really people have mentioned that I think it's what the UK one maybe lacked was that sort of bigger ensemble that the that the office had in the US and when yeah, to be like, fair to the them big... they didn't need that because they weren't going to do it for nine years no, but no, I, no. I do get your but point so, yeah. when some of the bigger names left uh, the US office, Steve Carell, for example, I think that ensemble they relied on more, which was good because they were, were a strong ensemble. Those are my, my picks. I thought about this a lot and I was thinking dramas originally, but I always think there's a there's a weak link in all of the, most of the dramas I like. So Last Tango in Halifax came to mind. You've got Nicola Walker and Sarah Lancashire, Anne Reid, Derek Jacobi, and then I thought, oh no, Tony Gardner's in there as well. So that knocks that out. And Ronnie Ancona, I don't even remember's in it till I start watching it again. Um, uh, so there's a few that almost made the cut, but not really. And it's a show you don't watch, but it's in a similar vein to The Office, and it's Parks and Recreation because that cast is really, really strong. Chris Pratt, Rashida Jones. Rob Lowe, Adam Scott, Amy Poehler, Aubrey Plaza, and Ziz Ansari. They just, they like Nick the Offerman. Office. Nick Offerman, yeah. They just bounce off each other really well. And there's not a, not a dud member of that cast. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go with uh, with Parks and Rec. What about you, Will? I'm going to bring you in. You've been sat there quietly. I'd probably say uh, Frasier. Uh, is probably Ooh. the one that I think of with with an ensemble cast. I mean, you've got uh, Kelsey Grammer, David Hyde Pierce, John Mahoney, uh, Jane Levers, Perry Gilpin. You know, you, you you've got a, a really good, um, uh, solid ensemble cast that I think work so well together and have such good chemistry and really bring out um, the comedy in the script. The other one that I would say, because two that came to mind, uh, would be Blackadder as well. I think that has yeah, a, 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 a really good ensemble cast. I, I was wondering, because we've all sort of like mentioned comedies more than dramas, do you both think that it works better, an ensemble cast naturally works better in a comedy than perhaps in a drama? I could have said Cold Feet as well, which is sort of both of those things, but I think it works better in a mm. comedy because in a comedy the format allows them to give stories to various characters doesn't it and for them to bounce off of each other and i think in a comedy because they're all taking the mick out of each other as well that's part of what a comedy Mm. is that they can bounce off each other that way i i think like the uk does it better um in in terms of drama because i'm thinking of stuff like teachers and this life and things like that i think maybe because they're shorter series in in british drama maybe Mm. Um, yeah you're right that a lot of a lot of these dramas have it's certainly in the US have got that one big sort of headlining star. The first couple actually, Luke, agree with agree with us. Um Erin says, I think the US do ensemble cast well. I love the cast of Parks and Rec and The Office. 
as I find it difficult to have a favourite character because they're all brilliant. Sophie Davis, uh, former guest of the show, uh, says The Good Place, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Parks and Recreation. Any Mike Shear show, really. Jordan Gallagher um, says Lost had a pretty great cast. Lauren Jones says Life on Mars. What about that, Luke? That is, well, you there's, not, there's not a big cast in that, so that's Johnson, no, that's still Philip Dennister, yeah. Liz Smith, Liz Smith, Liz White... Dean yeah. Andrews and Marshall yeah. Lancaster, who you do not see anymore. Where is Marshall no. Lancaster? I don't know. <laughs> Lauren also mentions The Sopranos. I'm um, worried uh, now about uh, Marshall uh, Lancaster. Uh, we need to find out where he is. Start a campaign to find <laughs> Marshall Lancaster. Yeah. Deborah Shrewsbury says the thick of it, right from the start to the larger ensemble. Mm. Hard to pick out any of them, but the friction between the characters played by Vincent Franklin and Roger Alam just makes me curl up. Yeah. Um, Mary says our friends in the north, um, featuring four of the very best actors of their generation: a Bond, a Kingsman villain, a Doctor Who, and the always amazing Gina McKee. Plus, so many supporting incredible character actors such as Peter Vaughan, David Bradley, Malcolm McDowell, Alan Armstrong, Donald Sumter. That is a good cast. Yeah. Wow. Um, Mark Andrew says uh, Deadwood. What about yes. Deadwood, Luke? That was yeah, good. I love, I love that cast. But yeah. great characters, even better cast. Paula Malkins from Timothy Oliphant and McShesha, and just Mark just goes on to mention <laughs> main. No, they they are all good, and there's so many of them. It's real, and they're just yeah. the main characters. Um, Les Kank says, showing my age here, Tenko, with a fantastic wow. cast of women, and and also the original bouquet of barbed wire with Frank Finley and Susan. She's going to try and make me pronounce the name here. Penaglian. Yeah, I think that's right. something yeah. like that. Phil Pan- Connington says Commoners Muck, vastly underrated bin man drama with Edward Woodward. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite and- I've got a great joke about Edward Woodward. If you took the, all the D's out of his name, his name would be E Wah Woo Wah. I bring that and up. Finally, Bill Walker says <laughs> Cheers, the classic American comedy where everyone knows your name and they're always glad you came. Just in case you missed that, that was E Wa Woo Wa. I feel like we're enjoying this far too early and we're going to be exhausted yeah. by the end. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, getting in touch on the social media. We'll have another question for you very soon. If you're thinking that that's probably the best part of the podcast over, you're thinking of perhaps stopping it there. Remember, we don't know whether Will wants to stick with his 18 score or carry on and try and get higher up the leaderboard. I'm on 10 to hooks. You will be too. And don't skip to the end. I know you could, but there's the reviews in the middle. Let's start then with... um, I think we're too happy. Let's start with The Handmaid's Tale uh, to bring us down to earth a bit. Bring us back down to earth. This is the third season of the Hulu drama based on the novel by Margaret Atwood, Elizabeth Moss, joined by Bradley Whitford now in this new um, incarnation of the show. So last season saw Offred, as she was then, given the opportunity to leave the shackles of Gilead behind and at the last moment handing her baby over to... I can't think of her name, Matt. I'm blanking. Alexis Bledel and Emily. Emily, thank you. Handing her baby over to Emily and deciding to stay in Gilead because um, her daughter, her, her actual daughter is still there and she doesn't want to leave that area without um, making sure her daughter is safe and they can all go back together. So when we pick up, it is moments after that 
and Gilead is sort of a shadow of its former self. First of all, Will, we've not spoken about The Handmaid's Tale. A lot of people were put off by that ending and the fact that she didn't just up and leave. Obviously, for it to continue, she had to sort of stay there. But how did you feel narratively mm. that sat with you? I sort of feel a bit on the fence about it. Because on the one hand, yeah, it makes sense for her as a character because she obviously um, uh, to look after a daughter and find a daughter. I get it in that sense. But in the other, it feels like, well, you know, you're in a sort of like a, a, a situation in a society and all right, it's a crumbling uh, society that has oppressed you for so long. Why would you want to stay? It, it, I well, know. The whole thing was about escaping and then she's given the chance to escape and get rid of the shackles and then she stays. But I suppose it's, it's going back to that. What you do as a mother is you protect your children and because Hannah is still there and still very much part of that society, if she's leaving, she wants to leave with Hannah under her arm. But um, So I was kind of, kind of wondering where this would go. We've got a, a big third season and, and things have moved on. So as I'd always hoped, there was a montage in this episode featuring the Boomtown Rats, which I kind of would hope would always happen in The Handmaid's Tale. Um, <laughs> they so like those 80s songs, don't they? Yeah. And that scene saw Yvonne Stratovsky's character, um, Serena, sort of break down because she'd lost her baby slash Offred's baby. And she was and a finger. Of, and a finger. Yeah, I think she was less upset about the finger, but, you know. <laughs> so she sort of had a breakdown... I would have thought, did they not get the rights to burning down the house? Because that's what I would have used. But instead they went for, I don't like Mondays by the Boomtown Town. We, we, di- we didn't start the fire, you know, yeah. Disco Inferno. There's lots of choices. <laughs> burn, baby, but I don't know whether Disco Inferno oh. would have sat right, really. But there you go. So that seized Fred and Serena's house, sort of gutted and burnt to the ground. And an off-red is sent to... Bradley Whitford's house, who we last uh, saw towards the end of the second season of Joseph, she becomes. It's there. not actually Bradley Whitford playing himself. You should mention. That. I should say that. Yeah, he's he's of Joseph, and he's one of the the first sort well, of he architects. Is, he is Joseph, isn't he? He's not yeah. of Joseph. Matt, I feel like we're splitting hairs, and I enjoyed this at the beginning, <laughs> he's but not, now he's not his own handmaid. <laughs> that would be. Right now at Safeway, save on all your favorite home scents and cleaning products for a fresh, clean home. Shop for deals on items like Glade candles and plug-ins, Febreze air fresheners, Clorox cleaners, Swiffer wet cloths, or Scotch-Brite sponges. Plus, deck the halls and shop for deals on items like mini light sets, holiday wrapping paper, holiday candles, and holiday cards. Offer expires December 26th. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for full offer details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. okay joseph is one of the original architects he's sort of in a hierarchy above fred who uh who june was working for before so there's a whole new dynamic she's in a new house that she doesn't quite understand the inner workings of but what i did like 
whereas June has a new sense of power about her now. And I've seen, there's only one that's aired at the time of recording on Channel 4, but I've seen the first four episodes that have aired on Hulu. And uh, I, th- I think it's going in a really interesting direction. And there's something about this show that I'm really drawn to. I don't know what that says about me, but I, I find it mesmerising when I watch it. Elizabeth Moss is, is amazing and I just I can't get enough. So I don't know why, though, because it's not a fun show to watch, but I do really get sucked in by it. Matt, how do you feel? I don't think it's as bleak as it no, once was. No, like she's got a, a, a sense of empowerment to her, mm. I think, which carries I, I think you the, along. the first series, season setting it up, um, which was based on the book as well, was relentlessly bleak. I suppose, in a way, it's an odd comparison, but you could sort of make the um, comparison to Game of Thrones in that, you know, when they've gone away from the books, it's become a little bit more positive. You had more scenes in Canada last year with with the husband and and, um, Moira. Here as well, you've got the sort of split between... You saw Emily escaping into Canada and, you you know, as you say, June's now got this sense of empowerment. I felt the, the first half of this episode was a little bit slow, but I thought it was sort of establishing where we are now. Her sort of quest to get Hannah is obviously the overarching thread of this series. But once Serena um, burnt the house down, then um, this is where the series started going. You know, she's now not offered anymore. Um, She's, as we said, off Joseph. And he's a very interesting character, Bradley Whitford's character. Uh, how many episodes this, this season? I don't know. There were 13 last year, um, and I don't know. I know from what I was reading when it first came out that critics were sent the first six, so I wonder if there's 12 this time. Um, they sent them like the first half of the season to review. But yeah, I, I think it's going in a really interesting direction. I won't spoil it, obviously. But um, I find Bradley Whitford incredibly interesting because we saw him sort of help Emily in the in the latter of last season, and yet I don't understand his motivation this year. But I'm really fascinated by it. Well, yeah, I I, I enjoyed it very much, and I think it's interesting to compare the way uh, this adaptation has gone with um, the, uh, a previous adaptation. Um, there was a film in 1990 with Natasha Richardson and Robert Duvall. Because obviously there's sort of like more time to cover all the concepts of um, handmaids in a TV series than in a film. You get a lot more sort of like, I feel, um, depth to the sort of the culture that we're seeing. Mm. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. The question is, for me though, is you spoke earlier about the Good Place ending and all of my favourite US shows have been ones that haven't gone on and on and on and on. And I know last year the um, the showrunner of this uh, said he could do ten seasons out of it. And I'm like, well, not really. I mean, how how much strength and how much time do you think this has in it? Well, you, can you see this? I don't mind another maybe two seasons, maybe even another three more, but any more than that I think might be pushing it a bit. I think you're right. I think... Three would probably be a push. I think you could probably probably got another two seasons out of yeah. it, but I don't, I don't think like ten seasons, unless um, the focus of the series changed, perhaps to um, 
to skipping forward into the future, perhaps showing yeah. the world developing through the eyes of another character. But I don't Would... think you could do it. Yeah, I mean, we uh, did speak, because when the focus was on Alexis Bledel a bit last year, I did wonder whether how we would progress would be a focus on another handmaid. But I did also say, for me, Elizabeth Moss is such the draw that if she was in the background or, heaven forbid, killed off, I don't think it would have the same resonance mm. with me and I wouldn't feel the same connection to it. She can say so much with her eyes without having any dialogue at all. I just, yeah. I think she's brilliant. Handmaid's Channel 4, um, at 9 o'clock on Sundays. Let's change it up with a comedy. The um, the big comedy of the week is um, Year of the Rabbit. Matt, can you set this up a bit? Not really. Uh, Off your well, I'll try my best. <laughs> I would describe it as a bit of a spoof on Ripper Street. That's what I felt when I was watching it. And it's in, he's sort of a, a bit of a drunk... Um, he's not got any eyebrows. He's sort of disgraced in the force. And there's a character played by Paul Kay, who's like the sort of lauded officer. And he and Rabbit's almost the sort of disgraced one. He teams up with sort of a new sort of uh, posh partner and um, the adopted niece, I think, of the um, the captain of the force, played by. Um, Alan Armstrong, and these are the this sort of trio who are out to sort of solve crimes and 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 get the right person. Basically, that's the that's the sort of gist of the series, or certainly this first episode. What the cockadig goes through your head? What happened? What? Shut your pipe! You put a teacher in hospital, you dev. This game today, know what it is? I don't know. A letter. Dear Inspector Rabbit. Your visit yesterday really inspired me. When I grow up, I want to kick wrongins in the bollocks, then string them up. Signed, Lily, age nine. Hi. Just, uh, working together for a safer city. You made me look a proper tit. I need you to play the game, Rabbit, so you're getting a partner. Sergeant Wilberstrauss, delighted to meet you, sir. I bet you are, boy. I don't want a partner. He's from Cambridge. Top of his year in criminology. Father, you forgot your sandwiches, and, uh, did I get the job? Mabel, darling, a woman can't be police. When you adopted me, you said you wanted the best for me. I was mainly talking about hats. If a woman can be a nurse or a novelist, then why can't she find the stolen jewels or drown a nonce because a child's too good for him? Because it's never been done, and for other socio-economic reasons. The only opportunity for a young woman in this field is strangled girl in fog. I'm aiming higher. I'm going to be the first female copper. Or fopper. Or lady filth. Or... Bacon dollies. Femi plot? Shut your holes! See, don't doubt yourself. You did that yeah. well -ish. Did that well-ish. Again, it helps when you've got Wikipedia in front of you. <laughs> I wish you wouldn't give away all your secrets. Uh, but Year of the Rabbit, yeah, it's brand new. It's on Channel 4. They're all there on all four, as is the way now that you can go and binge all these should you want to. Um, I enjoyed it for the most part. I did, When I finished it i thought well i've watched one episode but i didn't feel compelled to go back i thought alan armstrong was actually the strongest part of this and he wasn't used very much but every bit of his dialogue made me smile i didn't laugh at any point through this i think my biggest issue and it is an issue that's probably just mine is i think unfortunately matt berry is a little bit overexposed at the moment and this isn't the large, big Matt Berry performance that, you you know, it's not like he's popped in out of Toast of London. He's not doing that sort of big 
loud performance that we've come to know from him. But it's just, I've seen him in a lot of stuff lately and this is, for me, was pretty forgettable. And I, I don't know that I'll, in a couple of weeks remember that this was still on but it was enjoyable it wasn't mm. a it wasn't hard to sit through it it wasn't a bad comedy it's just one of those that is just sort of there for me uh, and I'm Will, intrigued by Keely Hawes popping up at the end yeah as well. and, and Sally Phillips mm. as well there's some good guest stars in there but it's one of those that if I'm if I've got the TV on channel 4 at 10 and it happens to be on I'll watch it but I don't think I'm going to remember much about it really it seemed a bit hit and miss. There were some jokes that landed, some that sort of like just land at all. Uh, I agree with you about Alan Armstrong. I think he was great in it. He was definitely, uh, for me, the most memorable uh, part of it. I think probably the problem that I had with it was that generally it felt like there was a a good idea, a really good idea there for sort of like a, a, a spoof of um, 19th century um, uh, detective work and period dramas, but I don't think it quite reached the potential that it could have done. What I will say about sort of Channel 4 is they do take risks with their comedies. Mm. You know, you can't sort of pin down a Channel 4 comedy. You know, you've got Derry Girls, you've got Lee and Dean, you've got Satellite's Flats, Dead Pixels, which we talked about earlier in the year. You know, there's, there's a vast difference between a lot of these comedies. And, and I feel this is a bit sort of obtuse. The humour, I think, didn't hit personally for me, but mm. I enjoyed the... I think the energy of it was there, you know. It, was, yeah. it kept a good pace throughout. You sort of knew that where they were heading. You know, I, I did like Matt Berry in this. I think he, he didn't play that sort of toast character, as you said. It was a bit more sort of subdued in this. But I can understand you, you sort of hang-ups about Matt Berry. And again, I'm not sure if I'm going to watch more any more of this. Yeah, that's how As I you feel. say, it is a little bit forgettable. But I think it is a, a good effort. You know, it's not a bad sitcom. It's, as no, you say, not by any means. your attention throughout. It's just, just... And I suppose that's why they're experimenting with all four. Because if it does grip you or grab you and you think, oh, I'll give it another go and you don't want to wait till Monday again or you forget that it's Monday, then you can head for it on all four. But for me, I just it just wasn't up there for what I need in a comedy, really. Uh, the Year of the Rabbit is continuing on Channel 4 on Monday nights, or as I say, all four for the six episodes that make up the series. You're listening to the Custard TV Podcast. The official podcast of thecustardtv.com. And we've spoken about this before on the podcast, but now it is time to review <laughs> Wild Bill. Now, I, we get a lot of press releases come through the email, and uh, I read them all, and I sort of envisage what the show might be or the thought behind it. But when I came, when when it came through from ITV that they'd cast Rob Lowe to play a... a, a an American guy living in, is it Lancashire or Lancashire, isn't it? Lincolnshire. Lincolnshire. Boston, Lincolnshire. Boston, Lincolnshire, who comes over from the States with his daughter, who's the most cliched thing I've ever seen in a drama. She was meant to be 12 as well. She looks a lot older than 12. She was meant to be 12? Yeah. Oh, Christ almighty. So this is the setup. So it's Rob Lowe coming over to this Boston, Lincolnshire. Daughter goes to a boarding school there and he takes the job as 
sort of police commissioner and, and sort of has to work with these band of misfits. So it's a fish out of water story, a la Doc Martin. I don't know whether they're going for a similar vibe. But um, what I found most offensive in this uh, was actually the the British cast. I, you know, Rob Lowe is doing the best he can with the material, but I found some of the performances from the British cast, well-known faces, to, to just be awful in this. It it's almost like... felt spoof-like when they mm. were in, like... The, the Tony Pitts character, who was like his awful. boss, felt particularly spoof-like. Very um, Touch of Cloth-esque, I, I said, character. Mm. Hello? I'm the new chief constable. You're American. I'm not like everyone else, sir. I'm excited you're here. Well, that's a first. Boston's got the highest murder rate in England. Miami, we had 150. Hey, Boston, though. But it's not like Boston's. I only came here to get my life back on track. And I'm disgraced, humiliated. My own daughter won't speak to me. And she's the only reason I came to this godforsaken cabbage patch in the first place. I mean, obviously, I don't like it. Believe me, I tried. Nobody shoots anybody here because it's England. I appreciate that not everything can be high-octane, thought-provoking drama. And and we said before, even last week, that not everything has to be uh, this amazing thing. You need these balances. You need gentler TV for people who yeah. just want to think something when, on. When, sorry, Luke. We, when we were talking about like killing Eve and Good yeah, Omens exactly. last week yeah. and, and counterbalancing it with something like When They See Us. Absolutely. Um, you know, you need that thing. You know, you need the escapism. You need the action. You need the genre pieces. This isn't that. It doesn't... F- Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fit at all. It's so middle of the road. It's so... It was almost bonkers. I couldn't tell you whether this was supposed to be serious. I thought Rob Lowe did the best he could with the material, but I thought it was going to be bad, and perhaps I went in with that attitude, but it was far worse than I thought, and for me, it was actually the British cast that let it down, and to have the opening scene, which is him in a car driving through a cabbage patch. They did a Luke special, didn't they? Yeah. You're always <laughs> going to hate it after they... No, but how is did. that? No, because how that works normally is it's a tense scene, and, you, and you, you're really invested in it, and then it goes 24 hours earlier or five days earlier or something. This was just him driving through a cabbage patch and getting irritated. And then it went five days earlier. And you think, what? What happened there? I'm not invested. I just want to know if the cabbages are okay. I think the redeeming feature for me was counting how many Detectorist cast members were in it. Yeah, yes. And just singing. <laughs> I, I, I counted two. Well done. Um, 
Rachel Sterling and the guy who played Hugh as yeah. well. Um, but my main struggle with this is how we're meant to feel about Rob Lowe's character, how we're meant mm. to feel about Bill. Because, as you say, you know, there is the Doc Martin-esque sort of elements to him. You know, he's been brought in to cut a certain amount of staff members. And he's being sort of sabotaged by other members of the force who've realised this, especially the person sort of just below him. Like Doc Martin, for example, is a character sort of you warm to because you know sort of his past and things like this. Mm. But... He, his character is, I haven't come here to make friends, I've come here mm. to do a job and things like that. Yeah. But then you've got this bit of him where, where he's the father and, you know, he's come because his daughter was being bullied at school and then I'm there's this... I'm not surprised. Did you see the state of her? She looked, Sorry? She, kids can catch a cliche from 50, 10 yeah. pages away. And then you're meant to sort of sympathise with him because he takes a shine to Susan Lynch's character who's found out her missing daughter has been decapitated. And even the reveal that the decapitation came oh. at the hands of Winter. Oh, that was awful. Again, very spoofy, I thought. And as you say, like the supporting cast of people like Rachel Sterling, like Stephen Rodri, like Tony Pitts. And awesome. as I say, it had a very sort of touch of cloth S vibe. Mm. It was very sort of confusing in its tone and things like that and i can sort of see what they were going for as you say like the fish out of water thing big american star the the themes as well about the immigration in in boston and it's got the biggest crime rate in the country and things like that and they were trying to make it topical and relevant at times it was meant to be escapist show and it just felt there were so many things going on and none of it worked i just don't think outside of manhunt that itv is making the sort of drama that everyone else is making this in 2019. I just think they are way off the mark. I don't know what they're thinking. Mm. You know, they've got this. They're going to have the good karma hospital. But do they just want gentle pedestrians? I, I mean, we did enjoy the return, the cold feet, didn't we? The, yes, this yeah, this yeah. series of cold feet. They did. I think they bought it back to form this series. So, you know, that... But I suppose if you mean new dramas, because they've got this um, Beecham House coming up as well, haven't they? Now, my question to you, Will, is... You didn't know you were doing this podcast. This was a wonderful surprise to you this morning. So, why did you decide to watch Wild Bill when we didn't ask you to? (laughs) I I decided to watch it because I know quite a lot of people from Boston, from Lincolnshire. So, that sort of, like piqued my interest and I was thinking well how are they gonna present it what's mm. it gonna be like it was just I'd be offended oh. if I... well I, 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 I mean I don't know I've not spoken to them about it yet but I would imagine that, <laughs> that they probably uh, didn't take kindly to it for example one thing that really stood out to me was the accents that they gave a lot the of people picked up on that yeah and they, and they sounded more like they were from sort of like South Yorkshire than South mm. Lincolnshire. There were sort of these really broad accents that people living in Boston generally don't have. And I think some some of the, the things like the whole thing about the uh, the DNA, uh, that they didn't have the DNA facilities, I thought that was just, just patently yeah. ridiculous. We haven't talked about Vicky Pepperdine either, have we, as this sort of comic pathologist character. It's almost like they've gone... Let's see what we can do. And now, going back to that daughter character, she didn't need... The only reason she exists is because these people always come with, this is a fresh start, and 
but she didn't need to exist. Yeah. That's just a the, the the exposition started straight away when she's yeah. like, "I've been to four schools in the past three years." And, <laughs> but yeah, she was. I think the word is precocious, isn't it? Really. Oh. Where's that wind turbine when you need it? <laughs> I'll be interested oh, to see that wind turbine. Yeah. Why did they have that? <laughs> oh. For some reason, that really annoyed me. I don't even know why. Again, really annoyed that, me. that's very spoofy death, yeah. isn't it? Because you were thinking, oh. oh, is it this sort of Russian crime lord? Is it this Polish boyfriend? No, it was a winter. Oh, God. Because <laughs> there was something um, quite similar in, I don't think it was the last series of No Offence, but the series before that of No Offence, in the last episode, when one of the gangster characters gets decapitated by the by helicopter blades. Yeah, by the helicopter blades. And I mean, <laughs> actually, it's interesting you bring up no offense because that straddles a similar line, doesn't it? Of comedy mm. versus drama, and the characters are a bit larger than life. But that's one of my favorite shows in recent memory. You could compare the two, but I don't know what's going on here. I mean, I have so many questions. You know, who did they audition before Rob Lowe? Did they always have Rob Lowe in their mind? What did Rob Lowe think when he read the scripts? I mean, I've just got so many questions. How much money did they pay Rob Lowe to be in this rubbish? Where did they get the wind turbine from? You know, all All sorts of things that I just will never know the answer to. Yeah, you must have got quite a lot of permission to, like, you know, because they did the last scene with Susan Lynch up on the wind turbines, didn't they? And that was quite a big set piece. Think about it the looked, health and safety I mean, implications. It looked, the filming of it looked really extravagant. They seem to, have, you know, the cinematography and everything. They seem to have paid quite a lot of money for that. But God. you know, the writing wasn't there, the acting wasn't there, and you know, it was none of us, pay, I'm assuming, just, are going to watch it again. No, <laughs> don't put words in my mouth. But no, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so paint by numbers. It's one of the worst. I'm trying to think if there's been anything to that level that we've spoken about, and I don't think there really is but also apparently somebody was telling me on uh, on twitter that there's a you know that show we talked about i don't know whether it was last year 911 about the call operators in the states oh yeah apparently there's a spin off of that that rob Lowe is is going to be starring in so if this is a mega hit for itv then they won't be able to get him back for a second series probably Do we know what the ratings were the overnights yeah who it is i don't know whether overnights are any thing to go by now it was the most watched show of wednesday night with a high of 3.7 million viewers or 19.4 percent audience share so yeah well it shows that if it was the most watched show on wednesday night then people at least had interest to tune in i suppose how many people will come back for the second episode is the question Mm, yeah mm. just to put that into perspective killing eve come back on the saturday before it with 3.5 million so actually more people were watching um, this <laughs> than Killing Eve, but, you know. Wow. <laughs> this is why I don't like the general public. I don't agree with their choices. Called Wild Bill, and it's on ITV, 9 o'clock Wednesday. It'll be... He's only got six episodes, and we've only got five left, so that'll be... Uh, and good luck to you if you enjoyed it, you know. A- apparently... Different opinions I... are available. Yeah, but you shouldn't trust them. Apparently... <laughs> <laughs> apparently... Uh, I have listened to podcasts where journalists have seen episodes two and three, and they it does get better. But my argument is that the job of the first episode is to hook you in, and um, 
it, ooh, it was awful. Wild Bill, Wednesday is at 9 on ITV. Now, this is the bit we've all been looking forward to. We've rattled through <laughs> the reviews to get to this. Will's appeared on this podcast before. He's the only the second... No, he's the first person to come back in the new incarnation of the podcast. Oh. He's already played Boxmaster once, where he got 18 points. And I'm giving him the option now, a la... What, what game show used to do that, where you take what you want or you can gamble? I forget. They all do it to a degree, but I can't think of the show I'm specifically referencing. But he can gamble with his 18 points, or he can ruin the end of the podcast by saying, no, I'll stick with my 18 points. <laughs> it's uh, Anton Deck Saturday Night Takeaway. That is, is that true, yes. Of? Yeah, that is true. They're never far from my mind. Yes, that'll be it. So... Do you want to continue on and gamble with your 18 points, or do you want to ruin the end of the podcast and let us... <laughs> I'm not really being given much choice here, no, but if the choice is yours, <laughs> I'm not going to influence you in any way. All right, I will gamble my points. Let's give it another go. Oh, oh. See, I didn't, I didn't think that was going to cut. I thought, I thought you might stick. I said to you, stick, and look what you've done. Okay, let's begin. Your bonus um, things are food and drink or the welcome return of one and done. What do you want to go for, Mr. Will Barber Taylor, with your three Ooh. names? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to risk it a bit. I will go with food and drink. Okay, it's because it's nearly lunchtime. That's what's on your mind. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, it is lunch. <laughs> for the second time, he gambled his 18 points. Some would say he's a fool, but we'll judge that at the end. Question number one. The Belcher family are the focus of which American animation comedy series? Family Guy. Now, do you know, Matt? It's Bob's Burgers, isn't it? It is oh. Bob's Burgers. <laughs> Question number two. I can just see those points drifting away. Question number two. <laughs> Which day of the week comes first in the Happy Days theme tune? Monday. No. Sunday. 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 <laughs> I have to accept you first one. Okay. I, I feel sick at this stage. I really do. <laughs> okay, food and drink. This is your first bonus question. Which TV show would you be in if someone offered you a Buzz Cola? Um. Um. <laughs> I've no idea. I'm going to have to pass. Is it The Simpsons? It is The Simpsons. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> this really is going well. Uh, I wish Matt was... Give, I'm just asking now. You can cut this out. Is Will getting any points for that Happy Days question? I suppose so. It's not going well at this. May as well. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, question number four. This is the year question that we always slide in. Luther, Downton Abbey, and the Great British Bake Off all launched in which year? 2011. 
Oh, oh, everybody's always one year out. One year out. Oh. It's 2010, isn't it? Oh. It is. Do you know what's annoying for you, Will? Is that... I know um, I did it last time. No, is the, fa- is the fact that if we hadn't had anybody on, I was going to put these questions to Matt, and he's got every single one right so far, and he would have he would have topped his own leaderboard. <laughs> That's a, that sounds like a euphemism. <laughs> Always. Malcolm, question number five. Malcolm was the son of which fictional chat show host? Think of a fictional chat show host, not a real person. I'm thinking of a fictional chat show host, but the one that I'm thinking of, I know that's not right. Um, no, I'm going to have to pass again. I've no idea. It's Mrs. Merton. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Food and drink, then. We're back there. This is one that Matt would, would get straight away. Which TV show would you be in if you stopped for a burger? Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Shake at the max. Again, I've no idea. This is really going well. Well, can I just ask, how old are you? 21. Oh, yeah, don't be ridiculous. Saved by Will, the bell. That's oh. just... Will, you can't be 21. That's just ridiculous. I won't allow you to be... <laughs> oh, is that <laughs> Yes. I think you can still get 18 if you get all of these now right, so best of luck. Oh, wow, great. No uh. pressure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is really hard. This one is really hard, but you can have a stab at it. It's a, it's a number one. How many days does it take for the DIY SOS team to compete a big build? How many days? Just pick a random number. Um, 32. <laughs> That was a random number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to think it's a TV show. They're not going to take a month to complete somebody's house, really. But they like sort of three or four days. Something it's like that. nine. It's nine days. But that I okay. mean, I really thought you were going to go below ten. <laughs> it's a TV <laughs> show. It's right? a random number. That was yeah, the first I know. Number that but I really, head. I really thought you'd go below ten because it's a TV show where. People have issues with their house and their team come in and redesign it, rebuild it, and then give it back to them. They're not going to put people in a hotel for 32 days while they... <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, if you've never seen... Have you ever seen DOS? No, I've never seen DOS. No, I've never watched oh, it either. God. It's Luke, Luke's uncle Nick Knowles' host, so that's he has to watch every episode. <laughs> no, we're not actually related. All right, this one you may know. It's more contemporary. Crime drama Cardinal, which airs on BBC Four, is based in which country? Italy. Canada. Oh. Yeah. For those wondering, Will <laughs> has decided to gamble his his eighteen points. There. I don't think we should let him gamble, but it's, uh, I, mean, I, I I'm feeling a bit sort of. <laughs> 
To be, to be fair, Will did not have any notice to come on today, and I think we should uh, put, take that into consideration. <laughs> I don't think we should. Final food and drink question. If you were invited for a beer at McLaren's pub, which TV show would you be in? Oh, no, I'm just going to have to pass again. See, I'm struggling with this one. Is it How I Met Your Mother? It is. Right, now, we got, because this is not going the best, we've got, we've got a... <laughs> going, fi- I think that's an understatement. We've got a final question, and we're going to give you a lifeline. If you don't know the answer to this final question, you can play your map card, and if Matt knows it, we'll give you the points. I can hear the breakdown coming on. Don't worry, Matt's there <laughs> in the north, should you need him. Question 10. Which prison set drama is said to be HBO's first original series. Do you know it? Do you want to... I'm going to play my Mac card. It's Oz, isn't it? It is. Congratulations. <laughs> so, well it's, going done, to take, it's going to take Matt some time to tot up the score. <laughs> six. 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 Oh. Yeah. I, I think we should just sort of say that this was a, 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 a just a round for fun. I think Will will still stay at his place on the leaderboard. <sighs> well, that is, that is very noble of you. Thank you. <laughs> this is the teacher. Otherwise, you would be bottom by quite some distance. <laughs> okay, well, I don't feel like um, I've wasted my Boxmaster questions. I think we'll look back on this and laugh. And <laughs> Good job, Matt's here. Otherwise, you'd be way down the leaderboard. <laughs> I would not take pity. If you think you can do better than Will... Well, I think anyone could be better than me at this particular yeah. stage. And I'm saying that with no irony. And you fancy a go on Boxmaster, let us know. Or if you've got any questions you think will stump people, you can let us know either on Twitter at, at CustardTVPod or you can let us know via the um, by the website, thecustardtv.com, and contact us there. Or Matt and I are on Twitter at MattsTVBytes or at LukeCustardTV. Thank you so much, Will. You've actually got you've actually got your own podcast that I didn't realise. So do you want to give that a bit of a plug? Yeah, I do. I mean, it's um, I, I, I don't know what the crossover demographic will necessarily be, but uh, I also have a podcast called. What? Hang on. Uh, what are you saying about the listeners of this podcast? Are you saying that they're <laughs> too? I don't like that. I, no, you're not having. Are you saying we're low crowd? I, mean, I don't know how many people are necessarily going to be interested in in, in politics. That's all. No, you're, you're just assuming. That I'm our... not saying anything about the listeners of this podcast. <laughs> you're thinking think we're, we're low brow. I... And you're thinking these people don't care what's going on in the world. That's what you're thinking. No, I'm not saying that. At all. I'm just... <laughs> These people have a very yeah, small-minded world. Go on. on. Uh, yeah, I, I'm the co-host of a, of a podcast called Debated, and each week we talk to someone either from politics or journalism or the the field of, of TV documentary uh, filmmaking about a particular uh, political subject. So if if you are interested in that, I'm not presuming either way. Does sound um, a bit. That, then please do give it a listen because hopefully you would enjoy it and not be too enraged. <laughs> at, uh... So what's it called? You didn't say the name. He um, did. He, he, he did. He said I the just... name. It's called Sorry. Debated. Yeah, it's I, had, debated. I, I had a minor blackout. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening. Looking well, at the scoreboard. Thank you. Thank okay. You. <laughs> 
Okay, so debated. Uh, find it. Is it there on all the podcast apps and things? If yeah, you it's, all, it's on all find. podcast apps, so it shouldn't be too difficult to find. Hopefully. I mean, there, there may not be a crossover. We'll can't imagine there is, but if there is, it's there for you. It's debated on all the podcast apps. Thank you so much. The best and the worst on the box. It's the Custard TV podcast. It's too good to be true. Also returning this week, one of the other big shows, if not the biggest show of the week, the return of HBO's Big Little Lies, which got the Game of Thrones simulcast treatment on Sky Atlantic and Now TV. This is the second series of the drama set in Monterey, starring Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, Shailene Woodley, Laura Dern, with the addition this year of Meryl Streep. Matt and I, I think, were both sceptical or against the idea of a second season because i think most people were really because the first season obviously based on on a book and and that came to the end of the book and and because of the popularity of it let's have a second season so i think yeah that skepticism was present throughout but 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 i found myself the more this was trailed and the more i learned about it so the original author uh, worked with david e kelly to storyline it so this follows on the aftermath of the death of the last season uh, we pick up at the start of a new school term uh, everybody involved in that death last year which i won't kind of spoil i don't think you need to in case you haven't seen it is sort of back to to normal but one character played by zoe kravitz bonnie is still really haunted by the events of that evening you've got the person's mother played by meryl streep coming in playing a really creepy mother-in-law who suspects things surrounding her son's death aren't exactly clear as they seem and she's there to work out who's involved and I have to say, HBO sent me the first three episodes. I whizzed through them really quickly. I loved it. I really, really loved it. And if you follow me on Twitter, you'll have seen that. I just find their world really fascinating. It goes without saying that um, Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, Shailene Woodley, that whole central four group, well, five now with Zoe Kravitz more involved, are really good together. And the kids are really interesting and really good. And it just feels really authentic. How did you feel about the first one of this show that we didn't necessarily want to come back? Yeah, I found it was very well paced, um, Mm. introducing sort of the themes of this series, mainly, as you say, Bonnie's sort of distance from the rest of the group. This is also almost sort of picking up after the summer and and sort Mm. of almost like a reunion of of these five mums. And as you say, Meryl Streep coming back as the mother-in-law to Nicole Kidman. Very sort of creepy, almost an ominous figure popping up in Nicole Kidman's bedroom while she's having and, nightmares and, and, and things and like nobody, that. And nobody, nobody dare really confront her or anything because no. but she's from breathing. that scene, I mean, with with Madeline, where Reese Witherspoon's character, where she sort of insults her for being short. I quite like <laughs> I that. And then her coming <laughs> into the. That realtor's office later on she's very passive aggressive and i know most of the characters in this are passive aggressive but she does it in a way you know she's very sort of relaxed in places and then there's that scene where she's sort of yelling out towards the end like getting the boys to yell out because she's grieving yeah i think she adds something to this and again i was quite skeptical when they announced oh it's another big name you know it's meryl streep i don't think she's done any tv before but no i i really like this i thought it did flow very well. Everyone got a little bit of storyline in there. I can't really see any negatives at this stage. I think it's one no. where we'd have to... It, it is sort of the 
establishing episode where are we all yeah. now sort of thing well I, i've seen the next two and i i would mm. say they're well, just sure. as, so, yeah but yeah. So don't mention anything else yeah. this series doesn't have the mystery element of it but when i no. look back it wasn't actually the mystery element that kept me coming back it was actually the world those characters there as you say passive aggressive interactions mm. Just really I suppose you are you are getting little bits of that, aren't you? Because you are seeing bits of the video interviews with the with the mums in the from the you know the original investigation. So there is that hint that maybe we are reopening it. The, the cases haven't been closed, and and the Meryl Street character as well is is sort of looking at justice for her son because she feels like there's there's more beneath the surface. So there's still bits of that mystery and bits of that, you know, that in the back of your mind that, oh, well, they might still find out that the murder was committed. It just feels really solid. When you watch it, it just, it just sort of just feels like, just turn your brain off, like it, enjoy it, be with those characters. It just feels really solid. And, and considering that I was, I, I was pretty, I wouldn't say I was dead against the second one because I did like it, but I did think, like you, oh, this is just another, it's done really well, let's see what more steam we can get out of it. But it didn't take me long to go, yeah, I like this, I'm into this again. Sky Atlantic, it's on now TV, the box set of season one is there as well, if you want to check it out, if you've not seen so if you just heard the buzz but not managed to see it, I think it's well worth your time. Thank you so much to Will um, for stepping in last minute there for us means a lot thank you um as far as the podcast goes at custard tv pod if you want the direct twitter feed for the podcast um at lucas tv for me or at matt tv bites uh the podcast is on spotify it's on TuneIn. it's on your amazon alexa device just tell it to play the custard tv podcast uh, she was at my sister's the other day she has an alexa device and while i was in the room alone i did ask it to play us and, uh, and did it, it play us it did it worked yeah it did work there you um, go if you're listening and you've been listening for a long time if you wouldn't mind writing us a review preferably five star but we'll let you make your own decision yeah, about it i would particularly like to know what you think of this new format because i think all the reviews we've got on itunes thus far are yeah. from last year or before yeah. so it'd be interesting to know if you haven't given us some words on on itunes as of yet it would be nice just to know yeah. your views or just let us know through many of the myriad of ways that luke's just mentioned now we are toying with the idea of going live next week we did it last year during the World Cup, and we're thinking of doing I believe it, it was the Senegal-Japan match we did last year. <laughs> but yeah, we're toying with doing that again, um, so if you'd like to join us, watch the Twitter feeds to find out exactly when we're going live, and then you can Skype in and be part of the podcast. Maybe even do an impromptu round of Boxmaster if you think you're clever enough. Uh, we will do that um, next week. We'll go live. Because there's not an awful and lot of new shows. Possibly during a Women's World Cup match. Yeah, we don't discriminate. You know, we'll, we'll watch any sort of football to talk over about TV. We'll go live next week. Watch our feeds for the details on exactly when and how to listen. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.